Hello, welcome to the PC Gamer UK podcast. My name is Sam Roberts. I'm the editor of PC Gamer, and I'm joined today by Andy Kelly and Tom Senior. Uh, it's a slightly quieter show this week. What do I mean by that? We're going to talk. It's, it's the same volume, even more quiet. There's one more. less person. There's one less person, and also everyone's basically on holiday this week. And I had to get Tom to come in, and that was it. It was, like, it was, a, it was a genuine effort. You Bring know? your hot takes with you, Senior. <laughs> yeah, right away, sir. We basically have one game to talk about, but um, I think that might lead us to some other places anyway. But mm. like, um, yeah, the, the first thing we're going to start with is Worlds Adrift which Andy Kelly went to see this week. It's from Bossa Studios, and it seems to be this quite this all-encompassing MMO thing that um, I don't know loads about, but Angus Morrison, who used to write for us, insisted on me putting in the um, top games to come in 2016, uh, even though it's probably coming out in 2017 now, I assume. But um, Andy, what is Worlds Adrift, and why yeah. should people be excited That's about it? a good it? question. Why I didn't know a thing about it. Um, I went to visit Bossa uh, earlier this week. Uh, Bossa make Surgeon Simulator, I Am Bread. This is not a novelty physics comedy game. It's an actual game. Not an actual game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went not knowing nothing. I was in there for an hour. I played a bit of it. I sat with the two lead devs and they taught me through the systems and I came out going, that is amazing. Wow. Yeah. So I, it's good to be surprised and come out thinking, holy shit, that looks cool. Yeah, Andy doesn't like leaving the office, so I don't yeah. make him leave the office unless I think he'll genuinely like it. It was something. worth trekking through 31 degrees... <laughs> Celsius heat in London to see, and when I sat when I got to the office as well, I was just a sweat drenched mess. But it was worth it. Oh wow! To see that game. Um, so yeah, it's <clears throat> so the the world or a world I don't know if it's Earth has shattered into a million pieces, and so now the world or whatever is a lot of shattered sort of islands suspended in a big sky like void, um, and those are the worlds adrift. You know all these little islands, uh, and you're a kind of sky pirate. And the game is about, you know, traveling between these islands uh, in an airship that you build. Um, and it's kind of, uh, if you ever played Skies of Arcadia for the Dreamcast, it's that kind of visual style. It's a bit kind of, um, the, the airships are kind of like, have a sort of pirate ship, a galleon aesthetic. You know, it's all kind of um, riveted chunks of metal stuck to wood and stuff like that. It's, it's not like high tech. It's like, kind of, it's quite an interesting aesthetic. Um, so yeah, the game it's kind of a it's an MMO, but the developers were keen to say that they, uh, having played tons of MMOs, didn't want that thing where you're just discovering stuff to get more to get better numbers. You know, you to play a canned animation and get slightly better, you know, attack power out of it or something. Yeah. Um, and they also didn't want that thing of players when you play WoW, um, which I did for like 200 hours when um, yeah back a long time ago when Cataclysm came out everyone's running around doing the same thing basically everyone's like you're sharing a space but you're all doing the same your own version of the same mission kind of thing so yeah. you're on a beach uh, and you're rescuing seven like shipwreck survivors uh, and there's like four other orcs running around also rescuing seven shipwreck survivors and when you've you know rescued your, your seven shipwreck survivors you just go you just forget about all the other ones. I've got my seven. I've got my XP. So it's that they want to get out of that robotic theme park MMO thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. So kind of the, the as you explore the islands, you are harvesting resources to build your ship, cutting down trees, that kind of thing. Minecrafty stuff. Um. But it's all kind of uh, physics based. So um, that's the kind of the boss. Uh, genes in there as a physics it's a very physics heavy game okay. um, but you're not a floppy bit of bread you're a, you're a person um, and you've got a multi-tool and you can sort of you know <clears throat> uh, 
point it at a, a branch and it'll fall off realistically and then point it at the you know the trunk and it'll, the tree will topple over and it's all physics based well, so that's you, cool do you literally stick those bits together <coughs> to make a ship then? no well you, you you get the materials then you oh, use right. like a crafting station to make like planks and stuff to build your ship and it's all like done the ship building's all done in game so you sort of like p- point your multi-tool at a bit of wood it floats in there you point it at a frame and stick it on so you know i did a very basic ship you know with um they they pre-made one basically and then i just sort of added the finishing touches to it um so there's so much there's so much in this game i'm trying i'm trying to think of the best bits to hit so you 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 can build an airship you can harvest materials the exploration is a big part of it of hopping between these islands finding technology and stuff Mm -hmm. to make your ships better to make your character better um, you've got a grappling hook so you can swing around and stick it to stuff and traverse the environment. And that, I was useless at it, but I watched one of the devs playing it and he was just soaring it. He was like Spider-Man. He was just pinging around with this rope. Oh, wow. And that, and that's was, like physics-driven. Yeah, well, that's right? all physics-driven. And that's like going back to that thing where they want stuff to be based on skill. So in WoW, you know, you'll see a high-level player and they'll be good at something because they've you know unlocked that uh, improved power or whatever in this you see a high level player you know they've been playing it lots because they're pinging around in the rope like a pro you know what i mean so it's all skill based um so in this big void there's these uh there's these big walls of storm like it looks like a massive gray monolith but it's actually a storm it's they called storm walls so it's like a massive impenetrable wall of like raging wind and gray clouds and lightning and stuff okay um so when i played it my goal was to take my ship through that thing which is like one of the biggest challenges in the game is getting your ship through that storm wall and so I was on with another with one of the devs the two of us were sort of sort of manning the ship you know it had, it's got like cannons on it it's got a steering thing it's got an artificial horizon so you can keep yourself steady and we were just trying to go f- get through this thing and so as you're going through it suddenly you can't see around you it's all grey and lightning and, and like terrifying it's really atmospheric and you're you know, you're sc- sort of scurrying around on the deck of your ship, like uh, so. One of one of you sort of, sort of manning the cannons to fight off these big manta ray things oh, wow. and, and and repair stuff because lightning's constantly hitting your ship, and bits are just pinging off like all the time. Like I was just fly- I was just flying and saw like one of my cannons just fly past me. Wow. Um, and uh, so you're just trying to basically you use the artificial horizon and the compass to keep your bearings so you're heading in a straight direction to get through this wall of storm but obviously it's hard to do that because the wind is battering you around and then like my artificial horizon just flew off like lightning struck it and it just pinged off into the void and so I didn't have that and so it was like I didn't get through yeah basically I messed it up Uh, it's really hard to do this apparently but they just want to give me an idea of like you know the kind of challenge the end game challenge Um, so my ship just all the bit the wings came off the engine came off and it was just a floating you know wreck it was a shipwreck you know and this floating around in the storm um i sort of uh, died and teleported back to the nearest island which is how you, you know how it deals with death but then if another player went through the storm wall they'd see my wreck floating around oh wow because it's got this permanence thing it's got a cloud some sort of cloud-based wizardry where it remembers everything in the game world so if there's a particularly rough bit of that storm wall, there's bits that are like easy to get through, but they, they aren't marked. So players have to like, you know, share tales back in the you know like old sailors like, oh, if you go like you know northeast via this island, you'll find like an easier bit to get through. 
But if, so, if there's a rougher bit, you'll go through it and there'll just be shipwrecks everywhere mm. of players that have failed to get through. Wow. So that sort of permanence thing is really impressive where I love the idea of, you know, they, they, they said that this stuff tells stories. So if you're on an island and you see a crashed ship, that's a player's done that. You know, it's not like a bit of scenery where they've like set up a wreck and it's supposed to tell you a story. Like it's a player that done that and you can sort of gather up their bits and maybe repair their ship or something like that and okay. take it for yourself. But yeah, so everything is player led, which is really interesting. And I just love the idea of just seeing traces of players everywhere, you know? Yeah, yeah. What's, um, what, how does each, each island kind of like differ from each other? What, how, how are the islands kind of created for the game? Are they procedurally generated? It's a mixture. So there's some procedurally generated, there's some handcrafted by the devs, and there's right. tons of community ones as well. Um, they've released this free island creation tool on Steam, and they, sh- uh, they showed me some of the user-made ones, and they're incredible. Like They've made these massive like ruined temples and stuff that look like you know, assets from the game. They're amazing. Like, so it'll be a mixture of all that stuff. Oh, cool. Um, and yeah, it's just, so it's kind of, it's kind of exploration is a big part of it, but they're talking about all the sort of, uh, stories that could emerge from it. Like, you know, players could, um, build a massive, like series of ships and then just link them together and make like a big floating city in the sky. It doesn't have to be a ship. It's just a, they can make like a sort of, shanty town in the air mm. and maybe they'll cover it in cannons and maybe they'll just wait for other players to sort of stray, you know stray into that area and like you know you just know the, um, the dick wall yeah <laughs> just like <laughs> destroy them or black you know can uh, you make it through the dick wall something like that yeah so like players will be like creating like you know it's that Eve thing of players creating uh, events and locations and then um, you kind of and it would be a word of mouth thing, so you'd be like, you know, don't go over there because mm. that clan of players has built a massive Got a fortress. Dicks, yeah. yeah, don't go there, you know. Or like, <clears throat> you know, you, you can you can bury like stashes of like treasure and stuff like that on the island. So if you've got like a lot of items you want to keep, you can like hide them. But then another player might develop some scanner technology that reveals where they are. Okay. And so the, you can go and dig up other players' stuff. And yeah, so it's like a sort of sky pirates. It reminds me a bit of Assassin's Creed 4, actually, that kind of hopping between islands. I think I've been playing, I played Sea of Thieves at Gamescom. Yeah. And it's got a little bit of that, just that thing of like you man the cannons, you drive, yeah. that sort of thing. This is yeah. like in the sky, and it's all yeah, it's all physics based. So the, the ship, how you design your ship dictates how it moves. So mm. where you place these sort of um, drives that make them float, and where you put the wings and stuff like that. And uh, one of the devs showed me a bunch of ships he'd made, and there was like a good variety of like sort of stuff that looked like galleons, you know, like pirate ships, weird futuristic orbs, you know. Where, and he sort of said that because it's all physics based, that if you make a ship that looks weird, mm. you it's a tactical decision because if players see like a galleon, they know that if they fire at the you know a certain point, the bridge, you'll be on, you'll be there, and you know you can. They can destroy that and make destroy the controls. Whereas if you make some weird like giant asymmetrical golf giant golf ball, then they don't know where to fire, so that you mm, can okay. use that as your um, oh wow. That so that kind of emergence out of the physics-driven systems is going to make for some just amazing stories. Like, but if you're like on an island and you're just starting out and you see some enormous like galleon flying past miles above you, you know that that's a player, like some high-end player that's built this amazing thing. And it's, that's the idea of like you look at that and go, "There's a goal to shoot for." Yeah. Whereas in WoW or something like that, you look and you see a player on a on a mount, and you go, "In thirty levels, I'm going to have a mount like that." Like you know, fifteen thousand other people on the server. Yeah, yeah. 
So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's like a really fresh take on an MMO, and it just sounds like it's going to be such a good story generator, you know? Do you, um, the, the main thing that I kind of think hearing this is that, like, uh, it's quite a big project for a studio like Bossa with their background to be making. Yeah. Like, um, do you think they've got the kind of chops and the people and the, the time and money to pull it off? Well, it feels, it feel like from it? what I put, it feels pretty. It feels surprisingly polished and together. You know, I know it's not. It's, it's still they've just done an alpha, like a closed alpha. Mm. Um, it's got a. The, it really reminds me of Wind Waker, and they mentioned Wind Waker oh. a few times. And that idea of you of, got me there. <clears throat> yeah. Well, the art <laughs> style is the, the the sort of you know those little uh, swirling bits of wind you see in Wind Waker. Mm. They've got that effect, and the art style is kind of semi cell shaded. So. They wanted that same thing of if in Wind Waker when you're sailing around and you see like a silhouette in a distance, you go, yeah. I'm going to sail to that because that looks cool. They want the same thing here, whereas you'll see an island in a distance and you'll fly to it and you'll find some old temple and there'll be like blueprints in it for some tech and, you know. It's a really good mixture of stuff. Like um, the <clears> only <throat> thing that gave me a bit of like, ah, uh, was the, the idea of just crafting systems and <laughs> yeah. like a multi-tool one I was oh. chopping down millions and millions yeah. of trees. Yeah, that's why I, like, I hope there's not too much busy work in building yeah. new ships, you know. I think I guess you've got to earn the the right to build a ship, you know, if, to fly if, around and. If there's that permanence, though, you'd expect that like it would have to be you'd have to be a very fast process for it to be worth it. Otherwise, if you go into a storm and your ship blows up, but you yeah. spend twenty hours building it and it's gone, mm. then like I, I don't know, it feels like that's it can't be too harsh, you know. Yeah, I, I did ask them about that. I said, does the game encourage you to think of your ship as expendable thing? Mm. And they weren't quite firm on an answer for that, so I don't know whether. Because I, I, yeah, I don't in games like that. I don't want to have like full ownership of something I spent ages building only for some twat to come and ram it with his giant you know, <laughs> dick, dick galleon, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I, no, I agree um, with that. Yeah, but yeah, I just I think this it, it's going to generate stories the same way DayZ did. It's got a bit of Eve Online story generation potential as well mm. in terms of players banding together and doing stuff. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't look like it has that sort of horrible anarchic messiness of like rust like when you play rust it's just the worst people in the world are running around like just <laughs> throwing rocks at each other and just you know causing you know it's like it, what it, it will be when the world ends. yeah i said that in my pre my preview it's like a harrowing like glimpse of what the world would be like if society crumbled whereas worlds of drift seems like more fun and sort of good spirited like it's got a, a sense of like wonder and journey and adventure about it where i can see you know myself and a few people just building a ship and going exploring you know like it's it seems just yeah more good natured than something like Rust or Daisy but then players can still you know can still I, one of the developers was saying actually that you could um so say you see some big galleon parked you know some massive airship just parked on an island and the, the guy's off doing something repairing his hull or something you could just sneak on to his massive ship and hide in a room somewhere <laughs> and like wait till he's in the air and then, like, as a stowaway, any other, and just, like, you know, go and kill him or, like, and wow. take his shit and stuff like that. So, there's people going to be doing, like, bad stuff like that. But I sort of had an idea in my head of, like, playing the whole game like that, just stowing away on mm. other people's ships and seeing how far I can get. Yeah, yeah. And seeing how, you know, whether they notice me or not. Like, is it just like the idea of potential for that kind of. Yeah. There'll yeah. be some diary features in PC Gamer about mm. it, for sure. I think so. I, I, like, the idea of, like, stealing uh, a galleon and then, like, the idea that you could hone that galleon longer than the previous player did, even though you never yeah. built it, and like mm. the stuff that could happen to you along the way. See, they can you can build a little device on your ship that lets you teleport there. So if you fall off your ship, you can teleport back to it. Okay. But I think if if the rules surely as a player, you'd be able to just destroy that or 
throw it off the side kind of thing because you will even if it, um, ours actually came off in the storm wall so I teleported to it and I just it just teleported me back to the middle of the void where I was just falling forever um, but yeah it, it's just a it's such a weird game but it seems like the perfect kind of thing for for just cool stories to emerge from I just can't wait to see to run around in that world and see what comes of it like there's yeah. going to be so, so many fun stories and adventures to be had there but and it's yeah it's, it, it it seems yeah it's, it seems very well put, like designed you know I I wasn't expecting the developer of these closed in physics comedy games to create something like this but it really does it captures a kind of spirit of like yeah older games as well like Wind Waker Skies of Arcadia type vibe as and a pleasantly like old school game vibe to it as well Skies of Arcadia is an interesting artistic touchstone yeah and like that that Zelda thing yeah of like the the, the whole kind of like user generated islands thing is really clever uh, to be honest and like there's been a bunch of games that have talked about doing stuff like that like uh, EverQuest Next but have not many of them have really come to fruition in that way and like this yeah, yeah that sounds like if they've already got that in there then um, they're onto something I just yeah. hope it works as well as they it yeah I, I really do as well like I, I didn't get a, a massive glimpse of it but that just that failed attempt to get through that storm with the with the dev I was with was like a really cool story and that was a tiny minuscule chunk of what the potential for the full thing and wow so okay. yeah I've gone from no interest or knowledge whatsoever to have <laughs> been like very high in my anticipated games list so that's cool yeah you can read about that on the site and in the magazine uh, soonish so uh, yeah that is a thing that Andy is doing uh, in terms of other games we've been playing not a lot I don't think <laughs> no, um, really. it's a slightly quiet time the Bioshock collection just came out and uh, yeah it's not actually out on PC yet 11pm tonight as we record this okay. apparently you guys going to play 1 and 2 again? yeah I'm going to play mm. for them both yeah, I think yeah. I'll do two again. I played one a bunch of times, but two is the kind of underrated one. I think uh, I might enjoy more on a second yeah. playthrough. I replayed two fairly recently, and it, it, it is really, really holds up. I think this was like three years ago. I replayed it, yeah, and I, I really liked it. But I'm going to play them all again because I, I replayed Fort Frolic for a feature and a, a new issue, and that made me just want to go through the whole mad journey again. So yeah, yeah. like um, I, I sort of forgot how sort of densely packed together uh, Rapture was in that first game until I saw your screenshot, Sandy, where you're in Fort Frolic and there's like storefront, 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 really enclosed yeah. sort of space and stuff. But then there's some amazing big atriums and chambers, and that's kind of the Rapture layout, isn't it? You got mm. a big chamber and all the corridors snaking off of it. It's like almost like quite Doom style level design, isn't it? Like yeah. the old style of level design hubs and. There's tons of optional areas as well in Bioshock. Like, there's so many shops you don't have to go into at all to get to the next part. Like even in the the medical plaza in the you know the first proper chunk of the game, there's like four or five like sort of shops with stories and stuff that you can just completely you don't see, which you don't get in games that often, do you? And no, no. Like it's 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 been interesting seeing people talk about it again. Like um, there's like Ken Levine interview that's been doing the rounds with Rolling Stone. That was great. It's all it was so weary. It was, yeah, and yeah. I, I didn't also didn't know that like um, it was two K's decision to close Irrational, not his. Like um, I yeah. don't think that ever been made entirely clear. So like uh, they could have, they had all that talent, and they could have kept them there yeah. making commercial games. But hey ho, it's uh, I guess like without that leadership, maybe they didn't feel yeah. as confident. But it's um, it was really interesting reading his thoughts on the games looking back, like. Uh, how he said that the the shooting in the first game needed about six or twelve or six more months, I think, yeah. and then like he's probably not wrong. Like 
that's one thing Bioshock 2 gets right I think that the first one doesn't is yeah. that the combat actually feels quite complete yeah the guns in 1 just feel really floaty and kind of weightless whereas in 2 when you've got the drill and the, the rivet gun and stuff you do feel a lot you don't, I don't think it, they made you feel like heavy enough in 2 mm. they didn't really go they didn't lean hard enough into the being a big daddy thing you mm. still feel like a man like yeah. a normal sized man with a drill in his arm you don't feel properly clunky and heavy but that then that would have been rubbish maybe if the whole game was like slow and irritating yeah so i'm sure they might have experimented with just being heavier and slower yeah because well. he, he's not a normal big daddy is he dealt or he's like a sort of uh Rose type or something he's like like, but he's, he's like a sort of um yeah he even predates them he's like mm. a sort of prototype isn't he so he's more man more man than machine yeah yeah <laughs> it's like it's interesting actually so tom i um you, i read uh one of your favorite moments in the first bioshock is when you first inject a mm. plasmid into yourself and you talked about that idea of being an underpowered explorer as part of that first game's appeal uh, yeah it's more of a survival fantasy uh, than the other two games are because uh, the being a big battalion completely reverses that because you're much bigger than the splices and in fact the splices uh the whole reason a big daddy exists is to fend off the splices yeah. pretty much and to protect the little sisters hmm. uh so you you go from being uh quite a scrappy underdog to being something powerful and that continues into bioshock infinite where you're an almost a kind of cartoon cowboy superhero <laughs> detective seemingly with, yeah yeah uh and uh, i i do miss that about the first game particularly i think that's a huge psychological difference between the first game and the second two it's funny how he just sort of he just finds the um plasmid and goes oh, i'll just inject myself yeah, with this. Yeah. but then that that taps into the story doesn't it he's yeah. genetically programmed to well, i don't know do that so <laughs> just yeah it's a statement about player agency <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. i heard a really good anecdote uh it's like a really short one recently where um it was the designer of that whole garden section of oh, the yes. um uh, yeah. shock. I remember that not being my favorite yeah. that no I didn't, I didn't like it i did like how unusual it looked uh, yeah. but like uh apparently like ken levine was looking over the designer's shoulder and just saw like it's like little girl and this big sea man walking around and just went we've made a weird game <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it is so it really strange. is though how it just yeah. came out yeah like all that you just accept it you go oh yeah big daddy's little sisters that you know that makes sense that you know they harvest the adam the big daddies protect him but then you take a step back and go it's a diving suit protecting a sort of I don't, i'm not even really sure I've, I've read so much about the story of bioshock and i'm still not 100 percent on what the little sisters are like did they used to be little girls or yeah the little yeah, they girls did, who were they? kidnapped to become from the orphanage and then eve uh, to steal eve from slugs I yeah think. <laughs> not to, yeah. wasn't it to take eve from the dead bodies of splicers i don't know it's so confusing I, yeah i'm not sure i know no because the adam comes from slugs doesn't it because in bioshock 2 they're in the underwater bits you can pick it you can just pick the slugs up yeah, for yeah. A, and get some like bonus adam she doesn't matches grab- them into his face yeah. <laughs> 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 well, he drinks and like smokes and stuff in that yeah, when you pick true. it so what has <laughs> maybe it's, it's like a flapper hatch. yeah, yeah. <laughs> little hatch on the front of his <laughs> helmet but yeah but, uh, also i'm not entirely clear on like what the big daddies are either also like if the if the little sisters are getting it from the slugs do they have put on a tiny diving suit and go out to find <laughs> yeah. the slugs yeah. like i've never thought about this it yeah. probably doesn't require there's this probably audio so logs weird. that explain it i think there's an early bit of concept art of a big daddy with his helmet smashed and you see like a big sort of hmm. almost like an elephant's eye like he's implying that he's some kind of like giant mushy f- man made of flesh yeah <laughs> but but you never see it and i don't think that was ever 
I don't think that's canon. I think it's just enigmatic what they are. And so the second ones very strongly suggest that you are a brainwashed. Uh, you made the choice to become a big daddy because yeah. your daughter was being taken anyway to become a little sister. I think that's the story of two. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. Although I've not played it for seven years, so mm. it's um, it's uh, not you, properly anyway. Everyone forgets that you become a big daddy in the first one. <laughs> Remember that? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Because there's that yeah, one yeah. bit where you uh, protect a little sister, and they made a whole system out of it in two, didn't they? Mm. Yeah, the, the it's, it's at the end that bit. Yeah, yeah. And it, but again, it doesn't change anything. It just puts a really heavy vignette around the screen to <laughs> to mimic the diving helmet. But you're exactly the same. Your abilities and stuff. It's a great little series. How does um, how do people feel about Infinite? Because uh, it's it generates mixed <laughs> thoughts from people. Uh, I love the story. I think I, I remember at the end feeling quite emotional about the whole thing. Hmm. Love the setting, but I thought I, th- I thought the combat felt to me like a chore that was getting in the way of me enjoying the story. I just I just wanted to get it over and done with. Towards the end, that definitely becomes the case. Like yeah. um, when you fight that ghost lady, um, oh, of yeah. Elizabeth's mother. That's a great environment. That, that yeah. but that stuff really just. So I want to look at stuff. I don't want to fight a ghost. Yeah, and like <laughs> there's no there's no nuance to that combat system in that instance particularly. Like there are. There are bits where you're using that kind of, I can't remember what it's called now, but let's call it the horsepower, where you um, you make the enemies... Kind of, bronco. Yeah, where you make them hang in the air, yeah. lining up a few enemies to do that. Mm. Like there's a, there's a, And then using that um, octopus hand thing to just push them out, out off, off the city. Like There are bits like that where your sort of superhero powers become, you know, do, do offer a bit of strategy, but yeah. like the closer you get towards the end when you're fighting those zombie guys, it's just not, it's just like, it's just a gruelling, like, mm. let's get this done. It's yeah. cool how it... I love how the mythology weaves into the original games where like you, you hear audio and it's mostly in audio logs where you hear like Barton Fink, the sort of industrialist guy like was spying on Tenenbaum for a for one of those Taz and that's how he got the vigors. Like and yeah, that's why you hear like anachronistic music because mm-hmm. this uh, composer was listening through the Taz and going, Oh, that's a good tune. God only <laughs> yeah, knows. Yeah. Yeah. Like that I love the idea of like Columbia being full of like industrial industrial espionage through sort of uh, time rifts. Yeah, I thought that was a brilliant bit of like uh, ludicrous world building. No, I like that too, because it very strongly suggests that like uh they're all hacks and that none of them are. Yeah, that's what's yeah, brilliant yeah. about it. Yeah, because yeah. they're yeah, they're all um they're all fakers because yeah, none of them have an original idea. It's all because it's the yeah, like the Lutesses are the really smart people there. They built the thing, didn't they? That lets you the siphon or whatever that opens the tears, and then all these like opportunistic sort of uh, yeah, child slavery Victorian top hatted twats started <laughs> stealing stuff through them. Yeah, to, yeah. fantastic to further uh, their own means. I think yeah. to defend the combat a little bit, there are, I think there's some absolutely electrifying combat encounters in Infinite. There are uh, there are some combats where you're kind of you're vaulting through the air, going onto an airship, uh, breaking the airship, and as it crashes, getting off it and onto a sky rail and back yeah, into a different combat. That. Oh, that bit, yeah, where you, after mm. you go through the first time yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, it's one at really Soldier's Field. There's a real oh, battle yes, there yeah. I remember being really good. There's um, a, there are a few rooms that are, are brilliant, and they feel like uh, the test case for they might have had internally that says okay this is how combat's going to yeah. work and it's going to yeah. be really flowing and it's going to be like you're going to be super super mobile and that's what's going to separate this from the other games but um, a lot of them you just you know those sky rails they just put sky rails where sky rails don't need to be and uh, it's like a, a massive scale electrics track just <laughs> yeah. kind of around your head for yeah no reason. as if they're like transporting crates in like loops, <laughs> in loops. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I tell you one thing that really didn't work I didn't think was the um, the big 
enemy dudes who are obviously meant oh, yeah. to be some kind of big daddy equivalent but are, are just like dudes who Mr. charge Han- you Mr. Handy or whatever yeah. is that a handyman handy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like they look cool but like uh, and everything in their world looks cool they've got an yeah. amazing eye on it but like mm. um, they don't quite work in the as well as like a big daddy does you can't really set up traps in this quite the same yeah there's no like Hmm. The big daddies and little sisters, and even the splices, were part of an ecology in Rapture. Hmm. They all they were all part of a food chain, weren't they? It was like yeah. the splices took the atom, the little sister took the atom. Um, whereas in Colombia, they're all just sort of there. Like, why are the giant uh, men with giant porcelain hands? Just because there are. I think it was the transition from <clears throat> like uh, basically sandbox action to something far more prescriptive in Bioshock Infinite. So. That that kind of hub and spokes structure of Bioshock One and Bioshock Two, um, in which you have these kind of roaming boss fights, which is what Big Daddies pretty much are. Yeah. Those boss fights you can choose to initiate whenever you like, which yeah. is really cool. And that that changes to just a much more traditional linear shooter where yeah. there are three of this type of enemy in this area, and then you go push through to the next bit, and yeah. it's like, oh, there's five big guys here and six little guys, and there's no sense of it being a world in the same way. I think it's okay though, because like um, it's still it's still a lot of fun while it mm. lasts and there's still some stuff it does that Barsha doesn't do I actually think like having Elizabeth there and those interactions are really effective yeah. and I, I'm, I'm thinking this more and more now that when you see sort of like a kind of camaraderie between characters or they're talking or interacting that when that's done effectively that can work really really well mm. and I actually think this, that is quite a good example of it how she'll just be like ammo throw you ammo then mm. open up a tear and like you jump on a sky rail and then, yeah, like it does. Yeah, like you say, when in the right moments, really comes together. Yeah. Um, and also, I think that people were way too harsh on it when it came out in terms of like yeah, it it's, a, it's a forty pound game. But yeah. like, I don't know. I thought I played the. I remember playing The Last of Us at about the same time. People went absolutely fucking nuts for that game, and it is very well made. Yeah. But I really think that Infinite Story tries to do much more interesting things than The Last of Us story ever did. Like it's just a guy think, who lost yeah. his daughter and he's got a surrogate daughter and Blair. It's more about. Like, in la- yeah, it's kind of more. In Last of Us, it's more about how it tells it. Infinite doesn't tell its story with particular like subtlety, whereas The Last of Us is a simple story told with a lot of like heart and, and subtlety. I thought, whereas Infinite's like here's some big mad ideas, and it's sort of just you're whacked on the head with it a bit. I feel you know like I mean? so. Yeah, it's I not very know. subtle, is it? It's the least is, subtle game I can well, think of. I don't know if is it is The Last of Us subtle though, where your daughter gets eaten by fucking zombies in the first act, and then you're hanging out with a little girl for the rest of the game who may or may not be. A but there's subtleties within like, that relationship, isn't it? The way they interact and speak throughout the game is like very well done. I thought very uh, understated, whereas in between Infinite... bits where you knife like a zombie in the head. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I don't know. Like uh, I see what you mean. Yeah, but Infinite's more. It's like it's it's just a crazy. St- it's a story I love, but it is crazy, and it, it doesn't it doesn't ever feel real to me. If you know what I mean, like Last of Us had a bit of um, you could almost believe in the relationship when they went stabbing um, fungus zombies in the head. Whereas Bioshock feels more like like a mad sort of like in the way I look at Lord of the Rings, I don't feel like Gandalf's real. You know, I look at Bioshock and I think that's a brilliant story, but I'm not. I don't believe it. It's like a bit of fantasy. It's like a flight of fantasy. You know what I mean? I guess so. I quite. I. I um. Yeah. I see what you mean. <clears throat> I. I really. Uh, like what they did with Booker in terms of like how you start this thinking he's this roguish sort of hero who uh, turns out to be an anti-hero, but then turns out to be none of that. And it's all constructed in his head. And he's actually done terrible things in his life and is is yeah. now completely fucked his own life. And yeah. I quite like it, that being sort of debunked as over the course of the game and i think that is quite a nice arc actually yeah. um, the, the way the way it hints that he's been doing the same thing for possibly like hundreds of years or whatever like mm-hmm. i mean there's ways of interpreting it but he's been repeating the same thing over and over again and it always fails and i love yeah. that idea and his little close to it just the way like the you know the 
uh, Latessis in. He doesn't row and all that. The little well, the Hall little... of Heroes, where like they say Comstock wasn't there, and it's like wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just even like little details, like the the priest who baptizes you when you go into Columbia, being the same one that baptized Booker when he be- that made him become Comstock. Yeah, but they yeah. make him blind. You see, it, they, don't, they don't acknowledge it, but if you look at his eyes, they're like milky white, as if to because they have to justify the fact that it's the same guy. Yeah. But he doesn't recognize you. But then there's also a hint that maybe he does. Like it's got a, it's got so many little, yeah, uh, enigmatic details like that. that uh, yeah. That's the other thing I love about the whole how Booker and Comstock were created thing, where like in that moment he makes a choice, and either choice he makes, he completely fucks his own life. <laughs> yeah. No matter what he does, he it ends with him doing terrible things and being stuck in these horrible cycles. And I, I quite like that. Him being this ultimate sort of tragic figure, yeah, and it's, it told and it told in this sort of weird sci-fi way. It's the ultimate um, tragic trope, isn't it? The, the, it's the fatal flaw that can never be undone because that yeah. is so inherently part of him that he can never the circle not can't become be unbroken. evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could yeah, say, yeah. Um, which is really cool. I th- I, uh, it was something weird about Bioshock Infinite because it seemed it became like the standard bearer for all games. In a, the way it was judged and the way that people criticised it, yeah, and it, it's, it's an imaginative shooter. And it was people were expecting it to be some sort of second coming. And yeah. like, remember, remember the controversies around it. Like, people were angry about the box art because it had Booker on it. Remember that? I mean, it's, remember people were mad. It was Robbie's box art? People got yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, too. So um, people got really angry about it. He was holding a gun, wasn't he? And they were like, but it's yeah. it's more than that. And it's well, it's not actually. It's, <laughs> no, it's, it's, no, it's literally not. just a, yeah. People a shooter, are almost you know? projecting yeah they were. Uh, the desire for it to be some intellectual masterpiece yeah. onto it when it, it never. But then there is a bit of Ken Levine's games where he likes to get a bit he strokes that beard he digs into the, the deep recesses of his book collection you know mm. and thinks up some bit of like esoteric yeah which is but, but you know that's like that's it. cool it's yeah, like it's he, good. Yeah. but it, it, they don't always sit comfortably like you know jumping around on a skyhook in a, a bit of philosophy and you know. meanwhile racism <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit weird but at least it tries it like exactly, it's more yeah. than can be yeah. said for most games i i completely agree and like uh i i i yeah like to to at least try i mean what would you rather it didn't exist like that's it's it's yeah. it's great that someone tried to make infinite mm. you know even yeah. if it doesn't it does fail at some of the and some of the ideas it explores yeah. like does ask some interesting questions like some i actually read a piece before we came in that talked about how clearly objected to the way that uh, Daisy was portrayed as not, you know, being this heroic figure, and like the I think the uh, the idea is that both sides react to the other and become worse as a result, which is also a theme of the original Bioshock, and mm. like mm. And that's a, that's an interesting thing to not um, to not just say there's a perfect answer to this. It's like I don't know, and then meanwhile you're you've got octopus powers, <laughs> you're going around on a sky. The, uh, the intro of Infinite and of the first Bioshock are just two. Every time I do either of them, I still get a little yeah. prickle of goosebumps like that. Amazing. But when the you know the the sky pod like shoots into the air and the clouds pull away and mm. you see Columbia and that uh, that music, I can't remember the track's called, floating in the air, floating on air or something. Uh, yeah. And it's yeah, it's properly stirring stuff. And again, with the first Bioshock, when the Andrew Ryan's presentation falls away and that music pipes up and you see the whale and all that it's like yeah incre- both incredible intros like even like um just like when you're in the lighthouse in infinite and those horn sounds go and like there's the lights and it's like it's just really sinister isn't yeah, it yeah and like, it's like uh, i um don't disappoint the us. lighthouse keeper yeah and i remember like sort of reading some theory that like the latesses did that um to 
to because because Booker. yeah because they're under the impression he's he's trying to wipe away his debt and all that and Tess has killed every time he goes through that cycle they have to brutally kill the lighthouse keeper mm. and put him there as like a mess to scare Booker into like mm. to get across the importance of like finding Elizabeth like there's the, that's the the Latesses are kind of like quirky oddballs but they're also incredibly like somewhat sinister about him which yeah. I love as well. Yeah, they kind of uh, you, uh, the audio tapes tell the story that they regret their actions a bit over the course of the the game and wish they could undo it. I think one of them does anyway. Mm, that yeah. might be in Buried at Sea actually, but like it's um yeah, it's a thing that's explored. But uh, yeah. yeah, and then, speaking of Buried at Sea is really good as well. Like uh, that's basically the end of that story because you uh, that, that's about the last Elizabeth and the last Booker mm. and how that unravels and whether you accept that as Bioshock canon or not. I don't think you have to. I think you should just enjoy being there again. It's a universe that specifically says there's a million doorways yeah. Yeah, to a million yeah. worlds. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's called and it's called Bioshock Infinite. It, it's, <laughs> Closing <yeah>. the title. <laughs> <laughs> you can do what you want in that universe, pretty much, can't yeah. you? I think anyone will ever make a fourth one. Like, uh, do I you think, think anyone could. The name means so much in just in marketing terms that it's it will be a go-to if yeah. 2K want to do another kind of shooter franchise. Did you just get some like smart some good brains to, to you know some established names from mm. like immersive sim games his mm. past to get together like, they shouldn't just give it to you know I, I just think about whenever that happens uh, I think about Silent Hill you know them giving that really valuable property to a team that maybe didn't have the yeah after dismantling yeah. their own successful team of yeah. talented developers uh, and then and giving it to, to it. yeah so I, I worry that you know, we'll get a Bioshock that will. What the problem with those Silent Hill games is that they had a lot of the visual and obvious uh, bits of imagery and ideas from Silent Hill games, like a wheelchair on its side with mm. the wheel spinning. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Silent Hill. Oh, look, the Or walls. a character with a dark past. Yeah, or a, a, some sort of monster with a big weird head. Like, they, they, they made a Silent Hill game on a really. on a superficial level. So I can imagine someone doing a Bioshock game mm. that has all those, like, sort of obvious. Bioshocky things, but none of the stuff below the deep, interesting stuff. Like it'll be, yeah. a, you know, what can they do now? Like the out of Ken Levine's book collection. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> yeah. that's what we'll be missing. I'd like a, I'd like a Bioshock in space. I know that's System Shock, mm. but like I like the idea of like doing the the whole tyrannical um, man runs city yeah. space. It's the, it's the last one to be done, isn't it? Or even like uh, I guess you could do like one in the on, desert, one on the land, yeah. <laughs> In the sky, it's a bit like June or something. Yeah, that'd be really... cool. Like in the middle of a big expanse of or high in the mountains or something like that. Yeah, mm, yeah. No, Maybe I... you could go super sci-fi with it and actually do a kind of uh, a Dyson sphere-fed space enclosed space world, which has been built yeah, by some yeah. mad, mad kind of um, uh, Andrew Ryan type. Yeah. Uh, like the to go really super crazy. Or with in it. a hold yeah. out planet. Or yeah. hold out the moon. Hold out. Yeah, S- a city inside a moon. It's more just a shame that like it won't be those people from Irrational telling that story. Like, um, mm. although I, I, I'd be I'd be intrigued to see it. I'm sure that something will happen at some point. I wonder if that 2K would feel that it would rather explore the same settings again. But yeah, mm. that's that- the other trap, isn't it? They'll just do like another, another rapture. rapture thing. Because yeah. even by Bioshock Two, which is still great, you did start to already feel a bit of rapture fatigue like yeah. I already spent 15 hours down here and the developers had no choice because they had to make it in like what, yeah. 18 months yeah. or something with like yeah, a great. team made from scratch and the game they made is amazing when you consider that uh, yeah. notion but like uh, yeah it probably won't die will it it's, nah, not, it's, it's not too valuable yeah I don't think the developers who could make an interesting rapture game who are around now who have the sort of the money or the, the people you yeah. know there's not too many uh, Not uh, like I was. Uh, my gut said like arcane, but like they don't really make games like Bioshock. They're more about like 
systems than story i'd say yeah and like you need um, someone who's really heavy in a story and, and prey will it to some extent be that space station mm. thing yeah. like it's it, not exactly because it's don't, i don't think it's about like a tyrannical creator building this thing although we don't really know what it's about yet do we no but like um it will have a, a sort of space environment that's meant to yeah. be a bit of a utopia to some extent it's, got it's gone a, wrong a retro uh, architecture as well like mm. those trailers are really good yeah, um, yeah. Art deco and space mm. so th- those are our thoughts on bioshock <laughs> but that collection is out now i've no idea if it's good or not but like um i played uh, the intro of two the other day and like um it's actually a really grainy fmv that starts two on pc yeah that's a real shame that because it's it's a it's a glimpse of like pre-fall rapture yeah, right. isn't it but it's presented one of those like horrible bink videos like really <laughs> yeah. compressed and but, yeah but like um i saw some screenshots from it doing the rounds on PS4 and Xbox One where it looked like it was in real time so hopefully they found a way to do that with the oh, models so like, an engine yeah, that, yeah. Well, yeah or like a higher res version yeah. of the video so it doesn't have all those artifacts because like yeah that does take you out of it whereas yeah. you get to see it in real time in the first part that happens in so many games where you're playing like it looks super crisp and then it goes to it's always bink video like they've been using that for like 20 years oh, or something in, it's in Human Revolution as well yeah and it always yeah, looks yeah. worse than the actual game like and I understand that for doing pre-can cutscenes, it's an easier way to jump instantly between two locations or whatever, or yeah. to hide a loading screen, but it always looks worse. Like cut, yeah, That's the thing about Quantum Break. Quantum Break was all the cutscenes and video bits were super high res. Like, yeah, I mean, they were bad. Yeah, but, but, but they really, yeah, they were seamless. <laughs> so I just gave up on Quantum Break. It's gone off my hard drive now. Nice. I just decided that whatever, 65 gig or whatever, it wasn't 65 yeah. gig of fun. That game. <laughs> um, I didn't feel so anyway, but like, yeah. uh, might come back to it one God, day. What a shame. I, I hope Remedy have come back with something that makes me love them again yeah could be a could be a while but we'll see um has anyone else been playing anything else um because i i will i want to talk very briefly about a bit in human revolution that i found for the first time the other day which was in fact yesterday where you um you find out that jensen's adopted and the way you Uh, find out is through having this conversation with sarif this optional conversation and then going to read your emails and you just read that oh Jensen was actually adopted. Like, did you did you guys? Yeah, find that I, think I, I think I found about. It. There's some more about that in the new one as well about okay. his parentage and about his, his fake parents. And yeah, there's a whole there's a whole backstory there about Jensen's origins that has been told through comics and stuff. If you go on the Deus Ex wiki, it basically lays it all out and you find out about. But I'm yeah. not going to read those. Like, I just <laughs> want it through the game. Yeah. Though. But this is quite. I thought this is quite a nice sort of like player driven way to find out that story. Yeah. You otherwise, wouldn't even know what's a story. It's a kind of echo of JC Danton as well, who didn't have who had either was adopted or didn't have any parents because he was actually created in a lab sort of thing yeah there's a similar thing i think it's a little callback to to that yeah a day sex hero has to have some sort of parent related trauma in their past this uh yeah so i guess so no one else has been playing anything then like uh yeah. in which case we might as well wrap it up but like uh... i went back to rocket league and i regret it immensely <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I stopped playing it in october last year and i've just i turned it back on because someone posted a gif of it on Twitter and I went, I want to play that again. And I was, yeah. It's back in my life and now I'm sitting in the, in the humidity last night getting very angry at people. Maybe we should team up, Andy. Like, yeah. I, I still I still play it as well. I think I'm like pretty that. decent at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. I yeah. sort of have ups and downs. I can't freestyle, though. Can you? Yeah. What, like, mid-air stuff? Yeah. Nah, I, I can, I've done a few aerial hits, but I know I'm a, I'm a ground man. I can do, yeah, <laughs> I can do, like, um, I can sort of, I can sort of, jump to make it bounce off me quite high but I can't like rock it and angle and flip yeah, and all that nah. stuff hmm. and I deeply resent the people who can yeah but I, most people can't that's a good thing when you play a match with random randoms you 
hardly anyone does that stuff. So, yeah, it's true. Yeah, but well, yeah, maybe we'll we'll team up and we can talk about it. Uh, yeah, experiences. But there's so many there's so many annoying little twats on there sometimes that like type in easy when they're wanting stuff. It's like, I have a bit of. This is a noble sport. This casting football. <laughs> Treat it as such. Damn <laughs> yeah. It. My salt has gotten got, uh, much, much worse as well. I now say things like, uh, that was certainly a thing you did. And like, uh, and like that sort of like slightly abstract <laughs> comment on uh, people's plays <laughs> where they just go, WTF? Like, just can't, just can't handle it. Um, there's other stuff that I'm, I'm about to play and we'll talk about next week, uh, which uh, I've got Dead Rising on PC. I hear the port, that's really good, but mm. I never played the original one. And mm. people always insist that was the best one. It's, it's a strange game. It's a, yeah, it's very something archaic about it structure that might make you angry it was sort of like <laughs> time limits and yeah. yeah basically a capcom ps2 game that just creeped into crept into next gen wasn't yeah it? but there was a lot of hype around it at the time so i feel like i heard the port is great though so that's cool and you're yeah. about to play event zero andy as well yeah event zero weird talking to a computer sci-fi game yeah yeah and um also virginia which virginia, we just got with yeah, you yeah. Oh, cool. that's out next week so yeah, and um, you have aren't you you're lining up ever ever space. Yeah, I've play, got code for that. So place, I should play. Yeah, that. it's just gone into early access. Really pretty looking space combat game. I could try that out. And also gun gun annihilation. Is it? <laughs> That's which not is real. Is that one word? Gun annihilation. Gun annihilation. Gun annihilation. That doesn't scan that well, does it? No. <laughs> Uh, I see what they went for, but yeah, yeah. it feels like they started with that title and thought, no, we can't change the title no matter what. <laughs> We've got this far and we can't turn back. Annihilation. Um, I'm going to yeah play that. It's just a kind of side-scrolling uh, shoot 'em up where you kill millions of dudes. A bit like Broforce. Sounds like, oh, okay. Just going uh, to early access as well. Well, there you go. That explains uh, the mm. name. Um, I've also got, uh, what's it called? Oh, Phil's going to talk about Forza next week as well. Oh, cool. He told me that last night he played Forza Horizon 3 till 4 a.m. Wow. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I can't wait to play that game. The, the, yeah. the first Forza Horizon, yeah. It's, I remember sitting up very late playing that. It's got, it's got a very, like, one more event type. Mm. It's structure. So we like about Microsoft coming to PC, but the fact is, you couldn't have played that on PC a year ago. That didn't seem like a thing that would happen. Yeah, it's suddenly happened, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's people yeah. saying that Halo Forge is good on PC as well. Where's mm. wrote a piece about that on the site and just says it's like it's actually you can actually play Halo on PC now with yeah. a mouse and keyboard and it works really well. Yeah. Like uh, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty yeah, you can play thanks to PlayStation now. You can play like Shadow of the Colossus and mm. uh, I, I played God of War three. That was the first thing I played oh. on play, PlayStation now. <laughs> Man, is it, it's uh, hilarious. Does it work all right with your? Have you got um, fiber optic, Tom? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. BT Infinity, which is good enough to do it, mm. but I wouldn't play like a shooter on it because I think that there is a latency yeah. gap there, so that they're going to. So like God of War, which is just a total button masher, uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's uh, uh, it's all right that game, but I like uh, <laughs> yeah. it's. Uh, I'd never. Um... I was giggling the whole time. <laughs> it's really funny. It's, I do like how angry it is. It's, yeah, it's, it's, about, it's just it's, he's always ripping things off of other things, isn't he? The, the voice actor's so good on him as well. It's furious, <laughs> it's like, furious yeah. all the time. I always found it too like it felt too like canned. The, an- mm. the animations and stuff felt too like felt like I was just triggering animations. You know what mm. I mean? I didn't feel like I was. There's not a lot of time in the combat yeah. stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a great game by any means, but as a, spect- <laughs> as a, as a spectacle, it's really funny. Yeah, uh, and, and still impressive today. Like you know, fighting on titans, killing other titans, and yeah. gods coming down the mountain to QTEs. take on. I need to try PlayStation oh, now. Actually, yeah. oh, I, forgot, I just remembered the intro to that. Actually, God yeah. of War Three's intro when you're climbing up Olympus and yeah. you're just uh, you're climbing on the back of a titan on the back of Gaia, yeah. fighting. I think well, the, who's the war Poseidon. God? Yeah, yeah. Poseidon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah, um, with these amazing looking horses. Yeah. I remember thinking at the time, how did they get that working on the PS3? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, there's some trickery going on there. There at the engine, that, um, I mean, you're still just mashing square for the entire game. But yeah. anyway, yeah. And you games. get a free month with PlayStation now. Yeah, a free week, I think. 
I'm going to try that. Yeah. That's all right, yeah. I've, uh, I've got a PS3, so I'll probably just play God of War on there. But, like, you know, that's <laughs> it. If you've got a PC, that's a nice way to play this whole yeah. new set of games. A whole um, new world of six out of tens out there <laughs> <laughs> to dig into. So, like, Shadow of the Colossus is perfect. Yeah, that's great. Or yeah, Heavy yeah, Rain, yeah. actually. Like, yeah. if, mm. these games that people have sort of banged on about, but you've wondered, oh, is that any good? No, you can actually try it without buying a, a console, yeah. which is. I go yeah. there as well. I go quite hard to get hold of. Maybe I'll do PS4 games one day as well, so you can play a Bloodborne on your PC. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, like, that'd be um, sweet. Yeah, um, Best but, game ever. but yeah, um, so yeah, clearly we've ran out of games to talk about, <laughs> yes. so uh, we're going to uh, put this on hold until next week. Uh, we've got a new issue coming out next week, which uh, is out on Wednesday. Wednesday, the oh god, why don't I remember days? 22nd, I think, hmm. and like um, that, uh, or the 21st, it must be, yeah. But that's got Gwent on the cover, there's a been nice picture of Geralt, and uh, it's also got features on the making of Fort Frolic, and he spoke to Jordan Thomas, one of the designers who worked on it, the main designer on that particular area. That's really, really cool. And there's other stuff that I've completely forgotten about. I think I blanked it out because it was such a hard deadline. <laughs> Mafia 3's in there, um, and other stuff. Uh, Deus Ex Invisible War, Phil revisits that, and to see if it really was the worst Deus Ex game. It was. You should still read it anyway, because he said some interesting things. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with uh, more video games. <laughs> <laughs>